Welcome back, everyone. This is Eric Elfson with the Digital Education Podcast. Um, I'm in the midst of continuing leadership lessons with lasso conversations with friends, friends in education, friends who are innovators, who are thoughtful leaders, or just, you know what, they love their work. And um, I'm with Jessica DeWitt today. Jessica, I'm just going to throw it over to you and see where you take us, but what's something that you've taken in leadership, you know, kind of those lessons that we're learning from watching such a great show? Well, yeah, so I had a couple things on my mind. Um, One goes back to first season a little bit and having listened to your podcast, please stop me if somebody kind of already talked about this at length, but I don't know that anybody did. Um, And then another thing that might be from season two, if we get there, but Um, My favorite, one of my favorite scenes in season one was when Ted was playing darts and he drops the Walt Whitman quote uh, about being curious, not judgmental. And curiosity to me is something that I just, especially lately, have felt is so, so important for not only our culture, but especially leaders. But the scene is so epic, right? Because he you don't, nobody knows this about Ted, not even us as viewers, that he actually is really good at darts. So as he's, you know, telling the story to Rupert, he's like, kind of saying, hey, if you would have been more curious and not just judged me by how I sound or how I look, uh, you might have learned this about me, but but you didn't. So here you go. And he wins. Um, but it just kind of is a reminder of how easy it is for us to judge. Like our brains literally are made to just go on autopilot whenever at all possible, right? So something happens, we knee-jerk reaction, we judge, we jump to a conclusion. And I think that's obviously part of how we've gotten to where we are as a society with some of these big issues, you know, going on right now. But I, I don't know, I've been fascinated lately about curiosity and how it requires so much more of our brain. And that's why I think it's hard well, it is what's hard for us to do, but it requires not only that we care enough to ask a question, but then that we put in some additional effort to also find an answer. Um, So I just wonder about like in society, what would happen if instead of when we see or hear something, instead of just judging, jumping to a conclusion or, or assumption or a stereotype, instead we would ask, I wonder what's the story behind that? I wonder what their, I wonder what their story is. Um, And I'm not saying that comes easy for me either, but I catch myself at times doing that and asking myself, you know, think about that though, just wonder about that more. Um, And just the huge implication then for leaders um, about curiosity then for me, there's, there's a bunch and looking at it a little bit. I saw something from the Harvard Business Review that said uh, 65% of workplace employees surveyed felt unable to ask questions at work. 65%. And curiosity isn't all about just asking questions, but that's a large part of it. So I don't know. I just think about Ted and he's somebody that I feel like I would love to go up to him and I could ask him any question, you know? Yeah, I feel like he never... um, you know, winces at that in the show. You kind of see that over and over. Um, But that's kind of, 
a quality of a leader that I would aspire to, I guess. Uh, not only being curious myself, but also being willing to, to take questions, to take curiosity from other people. I don't so, know that. Yeah, go ahead. So let me ask two questions because because yeah. you've been you've been the teacher like all of yes. us, where the kid asks a question like why? Yes. Why do I need to do this? Why do I need to learn this? Why? And often we don't have a good answer. Uh huh. So what would you say to, you know, just even a teacher or a young teacher or an aspiring teacher that says, hey, when they get that obnoxious question, yeah. how do you respond to that with curiosity rather than judgment? You yeah. know, like, like yes. me, classic, like, because I said so, right? Because I'm uh-huh. the boss and I say yes. so. Yes. Um, but how do you respond to something like that? And, and a part of that is like in your own life and in your own work, how are mm-hmm. you being more purposeful in your own development of curiosity because you're 100% right you know we're trained to be to make judgments yeah absolutely you know and so curiosity is work yeah it is work Mm -hmm. yeah so well ultimately I think and it might be overly stated perhaps but I think it's really important to remember you don't have to have all the answers and I think sometimes kids for sure as teachers like when you say you don't know something we think, well, we think we have to know everything, but we don't. Um, and you almost gain more trust from people at times. And we see this even with Ted, I think, when you don't know something. Ted knows nothing about soccer. Like we see that from the beginning, you know, but but he owns that. And so um, I think it's okay to say you don't know, but I will, but I will try to find out or I'm going to go look into that. Um, I'm going to educate myself, you know, whatever, come back the next day with maybe a better answer. Maybe that's something as a teacher, you know, you delve into as a class. Does anybody, does anybody know the answer? Nobody? I think it's okay to do that, but it doesn't feel great always in the moment. Um, But personally, there's been two things that I've been thinking about and trying to do more um, in terms of curiosity in my context. And One is a book that's helped me. I'm not through it yet, but uh, it's The Coaching Habit, Say Less, Ask More, and Change the Way You Lead Forever. Um, He goes through lots of just great questions to ask. So like, first of all, I appreciate that because I'm like, yeah, what questions should I be asking? Give them to me. And he gives a bunch of examples, but one that I think is really impactful is the AWE question. It stands for A-W-E. And that question is, and what else? So often people will come to you and as an instructional coach, you know, it's like, so tell me, you know, what's on your mind or whatever, but then always following up with, and what else? Because often the, the more root of a, of a problem or a question is really coming from that than just the surface answer. So that's been something that um, has been pretty impactful for me. And then the other one is just rather, rather than asking questions, this, the statement of, tell me more about that. Uh, and I'm sure, I don't know where I, you know, I got that from somewhere. That's not just my brain, but um, that's something that I think has been really, really helpful for me to not just judge something. And judging isn't always just a bad thing. It's just maybe assumptions. So somebody comes up to you and says, you know, I'm really not sure about this, or I'm really stressed about this, or as you know, as a teacher comes to you with an issue, 
Um, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I, I know what they're talking about. Yeah, I have something that I can say, you know, but rather than assuming I know what they're talking about, tell me more about that um, has been really powerful because sometimes it is kind of what you're thinking, but a lot of times it's not, but then, you know, better conversation comes from that and you learn more about people, I think, in that process. And so, yeah, those are two, those are two things that I've been, I've been into lately, but I just feel like, um, yeah, as a leader, just being more curious too. um, the idea that we don't have to know everything, it also kind of can lead to more innovation. And that's what we want. Like what worked yesterday won't work tomorrow. COVID has taught us that among many other things. So sometimes being more curious, I think it keeps your brain active and you might see answers or solutions that you otherwise could have missed if you're just going through the motions. So I'm curious because you brought oh, okay. it up, right? Okay. So, yeah. so I'm curious. It's the dangers of this topic, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because, well, even you said, you know, like what COVID has taught us, what worked before, Mm -hmm. you know, might not, may not work in the future. My curiosity, and one of the things that I'm wondering, and maybe you just give a a top of mind answer to this, or or thoughtfulness to this, and you you can wonder aloud a little bit, why would we want to go back? Mm -hmm. Well, one of my first wonderings is, can we go back? (laughs) I don't know if we can go back, even if we wanted to. Uh, I kind of hate the term new normal, <laughs> but because part of the reason I hate it is because like th- this is normal. I mean, this is reality is normal. So I don't know that we can go back, but yeah, I think there's lots of great lessons, although it's been obviously super hard and a horrible, horrible thing. Um, there's lots of lessons that we've learned. Uh, that I think going forward could make us stronger people. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. That's that's my wondering, at least. What do you yeah. think? What do I think? Yeah. I, I have no desire to go back to normal. Mm-hmm. And I think like you say is, you know, and, and, and I've had the opportunity to talk about, you know, new normals. Yeah. Um, because your new normals become your normals, right? And, and then, you know, I did a podcast a bunch of years ago with... Um, uh, I think it was Rachel Drunkenmiller who, who talked about the next normal, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not, so you, so like when you talk about, Hey, we do become more innovative when we get curious, yeah. we do become more thoughtful. We do, you know, I, I think there is that challenge because we get judgmental. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, and I think one of my great fears is I get to be one of the older, you know, people in my profession, I've kind of tipped over to the, to the other side of the age bracket of, of our profession, no. where, I've le- where I have less time left than when I start. you know, than when I started, but there is that place where it's like, you know what, in my judgment of others who, you know, and I could be, I can be very critical is, mm-hmm. is when, pe- when I watched people in my profession, especially early on, just stuck in their ways, you know, the, the thing for me was, I don't ever want to become that, Mm-hmm. What this does, I think, is sh- shook us all up. But then that yeah. question of the question of, you know what, not the new normal, but what's the curiosity of how can we think bigger, more yeah. significantly with greater purpose on the next normal? 
that yeah. then somebody can come after us and say, like, we're going to change it too. Right. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Um, the other thought that I had from season two, and I mean, this would be a, a big spoiler. Is that okay? Are we yeah. finished season two? Like yeah. If you're a watcher of the show, you've probably made it through. I think, I think every, I like even on the podcast, people mention Nate yeah. all the time. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> if they don't know about Nate right now and some of the spoilers, like they're, they're, they, they don't like the show. So. Hey. All right. Thank you. Um, well, and that, that's exactly what I want to talk about. So, you know, you get to the end, the last episode and you kind of see it coming the whole time a little bit. Right. Obviously. Um, but we get done. I watched it with my husband and we get done watching the last episode and it ends, you know, with Nate going to the dark side and, um, we get done and he says something like, man, that guy's the worst. (laughs) And I had a moment of like, I mean, yes, it's awful, but I just had this moment of, I feel like I'm Nate, like, or at least could easily become Nate if I'm not careful. You know, like I see, I see some, some parts of that in me. Um, And what it made me think of was when I was in a master's course, the teacher asked us at one point, the question, what percentage of where you are in life right now do you think you're responsible for? And I mean, we're all master's students and we're working really hard and, you know, you're like, well, some of it, you know, I didn't do. I recognize it's not all just me, but I want to say like everybody answered probably over 50%, myself included. Uh, I can't remember exactly what my answer was, but we go around and we're all saying these percentages of like, yeah, I think I'm responsible for like 75% where I'm at right now. Um, And we get done and she was like, well, really the answer is zero. And, you know, you have a moment of like, okay, Um, because she went on to say, you know, you have no control over where you're, the country you're born into, the family you're born into, the circumstances you're born into, and that's just your birth. Uh, You know, going forward, you know, think about what then that means for what you're responsible for after that. And even as a believer, Um, and a Christ follower, I felt especially ashamed because I'm like, well, yeah, even further, like I know, like God had this for me, like he planned this for me. He has a purpose for me to live out. It's really not mine, my life. Right. Um, and so I going back to Nate, yeah, he's the worst, but I'm like, how often do we, and you pointed out, like, how can he do this? How can he be this way when Ted, Ted gave him this, you know? opportunity but I'm like how often do we go through our lives and think about some of the things we've done some of the talents we have the gifts we've been given things we accomplish and we we forget you know what percentage we're responsible for of that um the people who gave us those opportunities in the first place I I'm guilty of that right so I don't know. I, it is horrible. And I hope there's redemption for him, but in a small way, I'm like, yeah, he's the worst. And I want to just like hate on him, but I also like see, see myself a little bit in him. And it's almost like a warning, like, wow, be careful, you know, stop and stop and remember. So, so, so do do me a favor here as we close up, as we close up, 
if you had the opportunity to have lunch or have coffee with Nate, right? Oh my what, God. what would be the curious question that you would ask to open up the dialogue to say, how did you get, you know, that, that question, like you're digging, like, uh-huh. how did you get to this place? What would be the curious question that, that you would ask, like tying the two together, right? Uh-huh. Because, you know, Ted doesn't get that opportunity, right? He right. kind of gives it to him and then he storms off, yep. right? But give me something. What would you ask Nate that you would want to dig deep in to understand his circumstances, mm-hmm. understand him? Yeah, I, I see this. The, what, what's coming to mind for me is more, I guess, of what I would be in if I were Ted. I don't know, like this is Jessica asking this question, but if I were Ted, going back to some of what I shared before, the idea of tell me more about that, um, I would want to dig into more of like, he kind of gives some examples of, you know, well, you forgot about me. I, I, I would have to, in the moment, I would probably choose one of the lines he says, I don't know it's exact, exact words in that final t- tirade off the top of my head, but something about, you know, when did I, when did I make you feel that way? Um, and dig into that. Cause I think the natural react reaction would be to judge and knee jerk and be like, you are so off base. You have no idea what you're talking about. But I think a curious reaction would be to tell me more about that. When did that happen? Um, remind me about that incident. I don't know, digging in more that way perhaps, but I don't know. But one thing I did notice about Ted that I think is consistent with his character as a leader and even with curiosity is he he didn't say any of those things to him like that. I just mentioned of you're so off base. He he took it in. He really didn't say anything. So maybe that in itself is a curious response. Well, it is that place where any school leader who's been the recipient of that, myself included, you know, it is that place where it's like, you know, what, what's the in between, right? Mm -hmm. You know, where is, where is, once you've received that, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to react. Yeah. You know, how can you stop from being judgmental and then Mm -hmm. engage in that place of saying, you know, I I remember having that conversation, receiving that once from somebody It was like, Mm -hmm. help me understand. Yeah. Yeah. Why, you know, this mm-hmm. and and so I think there are the questions rather than just can you going straight to judgment and mm-hmm. writing that people off. But mm-hmm. Jessica, mm-hmm. this is incredible. I love it. Season one, <laughs> season two, the connection and yeah. so much like of this. I think like for you, you know, where you see a little bit of yourself in Nate. I mean, I resonate a ton with Nate. I see a lot mm-hmm. of myself in him. So mm-hmm. it, it is that place where um, I appreciate you kind of tying that in. And then, you know, the, the sympathy to be able to say, hey, yeah. what what is it and who is it that we are and how do we get to these places? Yeah. So mm-hmm. thank you for being curious. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Thanks for telling me more. And I really appreciate your time. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs>